Now, for many years, a private business has been calling on government to allow them access. This is to the country's rail infrastructure. James Holly is chief executive of the independent rail operator Traction. Uh, let's speak to him now. He's on the line. Uh, James, good morning to you. Good morning, Cathy. Let's talk about what you are calling for, really. What do you want to see happen? Well, it's, it's not really what we're calling for. I, mm. I think, you know, government has already announced that um, they will inter- introduce third-party access to the core network. Um, and they've done that through a couple of forums. The first was um, through the uh, Reconstruction and Recovery Plan that was presented to Parliament. Uh, National Treasury's inclusive, inclusive uh, growth document also called for it. And then the, um, uh, the draft white paper international rail policy in 2017 called for it. So it's something that's been coming for a while. And um, so now what, what we have done as a company is that in, in, in return um, for gov- government's call, that they will allow third-party ac- uh, access to the core network. We've announced the one and a half billion rand investment into our company, which is backed by our board and our shareholders, mm-hmm. subject to, of course, having that access right with Transnet. So, so now that government's announced it, the next step would be for private operators to start entering into access agreements with Transnet. So what, what are the kind of services that you are going to be offering, James? It's really just rail freight services. Mm. So, and that's running trains between our major cities and into the region, and which is, is a market that, particularly on the general freight side, you know, remember that the bulk freight markets, that's your coal market, your iron ore market, have been really well serviced by Transnet. Mm. But it's your general freight market. And those are the trucks that we all sit behind on the N1 when we're driving down to Cape Town and all of the trucks on the N3 when we're driving down to Durban and the N1 up to Polokwane. Those are, those are the trucks. Um, and that's the freight that um, in South Africa is disproportionately road dominated mm. what kind of collaboration is it going to require between yourselves and transnet to ensure that effectively you're not getting in each other's way and if you're going to be sharing lines i imagine it's going to be uh, planned right down to to the to the to the very minute detail yeah it's a very good question you know and and i think this this um policy of third-party access to the government's rail infrastructure is is something that is following best practice around the world. Mm. Um, and all of the developed markets have this as a policy in place already, almost without exception. So it's something we've got great precedent for internationally. The, the, the um, single transport economic regulator, which uh, went out for comments last year, is also calling for an economic regulator to regulate this issue of third-party access to the core network so that they can mediate disputes that may come up between private operators like ourselves and mm-hmm. Transnet when it comes to um, slot allocation, terms and conditions associated with um, slot allocations onto the line and, of course, the fees that we pay to utilize the, the rail track in South Africa. You're bringing me right to my next point because this is infrastructure that Trans- Transnet has, of course, has spent a lot of money and it's taxpayers' money, ultimately, that has been used in the development of this infra- infrastructure. So when it comes then to what are the gains out of this for Transnet and ultimately, the, you know, the taxpayer, what, what kind of fees are we looking at when it comes to, uh, is it just going to be rent? Are you going to be helping with maintaining the infrastructure? Will you be investing perhaps in new railway lines? Well, 
what's really underappreciated in South Africa is that mm-hmm. we have one of the biggest rail networks in the region. Mm-hmm. 85% of Africa's installed rail track base is in South Africa. Uh, the, the rail networks that join our cities and our, econ- and our economic zones are really exceptional. And if we were to replace that infrastructure today in South Africa, it would cost us one and a half trillion rand mm-hmm. to replace this 36,000 kilometers of installed track that we have in South Africa. Transnet alone, and this excludes the, the track that Prasa owns, Transnet alone has about 23,000 route kilometers. Now, when you have an infrastructure like that that's lying on the ground and you have slots available on that, on that network mm. that aren't generating you income, you can see how the benefit to Transnet would be significant. And, and the fees that we pay for utilizing that track is very valuable cash flow because most of your maintenance costs over your rail network are fixed costs. So that extra cash that you generate from using, from allowing third-party operators onto the network is really significant and important cash flows for railways internationally. And some of the biggest rail companies in the world, like in Germany, can earn up to 30% of their cash flow Mm. from third-party access. So the benefit to Transnet of unlocking this huge new revenue stream is really, really significant. In terms of in terms of the negotiations, then that that you've entered into, how much longer before we know what some of the guidelines would look like, and what you, as as an independent, uh, you know, contractor, would would need? So, if you look at the supporting documents of the reconstruction and recovery plan, they talk about twelve months for the um, for the introduction of this uh, structural change into South Africa. Okay. And, and that's from October last year. So that was the target that government set. As private industry, I also chair the, the um, Railroad Association in South Africa. And we've got uh, a research project that we've kicked off um, with a multitude of industry participants, both from, from banks to lawyers to, to rail industry participants to freight movers that are, are, are doing in-depth research now into how we as the private industry believe that this policy should best be rolled out so that when we engage Transnet as industry, Mm. we're engaging Transnet from the best position of being well-informed and having a common view across the private rail operations industry as to how we should be engaging on this. And that program really is going to take a bit of time now. The good news is that you don't have to introduce one single new piece of legislation in South Africa in order to um, have this policy start. In other words, all that has to happen is that Transnet needs to start to contract it, all which right. sounds simple. Mm-hmm. It's more complicated than that. But the great news is that we don't have to go and pass new legislation through Parliament, which obviously could um, delay the process quite significantly. So this really is something that South Africa can implement quite quickly. All right, James, thanks for joining us today. James Holly is the Chief Executive at Traction, an independent rail operator. What do you make of that idea, right? Are you, uh, do you support the public-private partnership potentially that could arise out of uh, the railway sector? Is that an example of what could happen in other industries? Of course, the, the working model will not quite be the same, but certainly uh, an example of what is possible. It's just after 9.30. Zolika Kodash is standing by with your headlines.